This weekend, the new Toy Story movie hits screens. Uh, and in studio to talk about it, we have Greg Mason. He is the VP of marketing for Walt Disney Studios Canada. A little bit later, you'll hear from Tony Hale, who plays the new character Forky. Uh, you'll hear from Ben Sue, one of the animators. Uh, but there's so much to talk about, about how this came to be. So it's been 10 years. Has it been 10 years since the last Toy Story movie? I believe it has. Yeah. And so people have been, you know, waiting for this. I think a lot of people thought at the end of number three that that was probably going to be it for Toy Story, and now it's back. I think many of us thought that Toy Story 3 was the perfect wrap-up, mm-hmm. and I myself was uh, on the doubting side when uh, <laughs> we heard about Toy Story 4, but... When you see the film, mm-hmm. it just magically comes together. I'll, I'll talk about my review a little bit later on, but I do not disagree. <laughs> and one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about uh, is a Canadian character. And so over the, the last number of months, you've mentioned this to me every time I've seen you. And it's been interesting to hear the little tidbits and the stories and things and to figure out or to realize how much effort goes into something like this. You know, it, and it's kind of astounding. So what you have here is the story of uh, Woody and Buzz Lightyear and all the, the, the characters that we know and love. They are now with a new little girl named Bonnie. Uh, Bonnie also has a toy that she's made named Forky. They go on a road trip. Forky gets lost. Woody goes to look for her and they go on an adventure. And on this adventure – they meet a character named Duke Kaboom, who is uh, voiced by Keanu Reeves and a Canadian uh, motorcycle daredevil toy. Tell me about the beginnings of Duke Kaboom, because for me, this stuff is fascinating. It's It's been a, a real passion project for all of us. Uh, and Kaboom is with a CA for Canada, mm-hmm. by the way. <laughs> um, so this goes back uh, probably about three and a half years. And for your listeners who know Zootopia well... We had a Canadian character in Zootopia, which was a cameo character. We had uh, Peter Moosebridge, played by our Canadian broadcast legend, uh, Peter Mansbridge. And that was one that we had developed here and uh, had a lot of fun with, and Peter was a pleasure to work with. And at Disney, we've got two different animation studios. We have Pixar, and we have Walt Disney Animation Studios. So each side sees what the other does and looks at different things. And we're always looking for opportunities to insert little bit of Canadiana where we can, where it makes sense without pandering. It's it's a fine line. And I'll just interrupt for a second. Probably about half of the people working on this film animating are Canadians because Canada produces, I think, per capita more animators because we have amazing schools here than any other country. Correct. And actually for Duke Kaboom himself, only Canadian animators worked That's on crazy. Duke Kaboom. So literally not only is he 100% Canadian character, but he was built, designed, drawn, finished by Canadians, wow. which is such a wonderful stat. So how did it, how did it all start? So it all, it all started after, um, after Zootopia and Pixar kind of got uh, wind of what we were doing there. Uh, Jonas Rivera is the producer on Toy Story 4. He also produced Up and uh, Inside Out. For Inside Out, if you remember, um, I've got to know Jonas. He's just a, a wonderful guy and uh, has been up to Toronto um, at least three, t- three four times. Yeah, yeah. And he, he came in and uh, he said to me, well, for Inside Out, the Canadians are going to love it because Riley plays hockey. There's a Canadian boyfriend, and I've got a map of Canada in the background of the classroom. And that's that's for, for you guys, Greg. So it was really nice, and, uh, you know, that was a treat. Well, when they first started developing Toy Story 4, I got a call, and it was Jonas, and he said, we're going to do it. 
we're going to give you 100% Canadian <laughs> character. And uh, we started the conversation. They had this daredevil character that they thought, wouldn't it be fun to make him a Canadian character? And, you know, not apologetic, no maple syrup jokes. Right. Yeah, yeah. Just a really fun Canadian character. And that's kind of was the impetus for bringing Duke Kaboom to life. And you helped uh, along the way. You guys made suggestions, Disney Canada. So, you know, how do you create this character? I suppose it starts off with the voice, maybe. You know, you've got to try and figure out what's he going to sound like. And you obviously want a Canadian. Well, we had to have a Canadian, yeah. and it, it was there was no other option. And even all the folks at Pixar were, listen, we have to get a Canadian. There's so much great Canadian talent out there, and uh, we made suggestions. And Keanu was one of our suggestions, and they loved him. But a, as you know, with um, voice talent, it's got to match that character, and the design was already done on the character, so it had to kind of fit. So they brought brought Keanu in for some readings, and. Uh, he was just such a perfect fit. I mean, not only is he Canadian, but he's a motorcycle aficionado. So yeah. it was such a good fit. And I heard that he was asking questions like, I don't know, you think with Keanu or anyone, you get the script, you're going to come in and just say the lines. Uh, animation feels different, like making uh, a, an animated film. For the actors, the time commitment isn't quite as huge as it is for making live action. You know, the kind of thing he could probably do on a break from making John Wick. And, you know, But he actually dove right in. Oh, he does. And this character was incredibly important to him. There's a wonderful story when, that he, when he visited Pixar, uh, if you've ever been, there's a massive atrium where kind of everybody congregates yeah, yeah. and there's big cafeteria tables. And so it's a lovely building. And he was there sitting at a table, a whole lot of folks around, and they were talking about this character and sort of had some visions. And Keanu literally got on top of the table <laughs> and started posing kind of like Duke does in the film, you know, who. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, had all the different poses going and that ultimately ended up in the film. And that was kind of his vision of, of what he expected this character to do. And it brought so much more life and energy and even more uh, depth and gravitas to that, that role than I think they originally thought. And there's things that I wouldn't have thought of. So we were talking the other day and you said, oh, yeah, yeah, no, we had to go through Heritage Canada to make sure that, you know, uh, there's a scene in the film uh, that, that, that it would get approved. And so tell me about that because, again, you see a movie, you just think, well, it happens. Well, I think – and, and I, the approved is probably not the correct word. It was yeah. more to make sure that the Canadian government was supportive and comfortable and knew what was doing ahead right. of time because – knew what we were doing ahead of time because we – we certainly want to be respectful of the Canadian flag mm -hmm. and it's in there. It's in the film and I don't want to spoil it for yeah. the viewers, but it's in there and we also have the Maple Leaf in multiple places. So we did reach out to Heritage Canada and, our, and the Minister of Heritage. Uh, I spoke to personally and just kind of, you know, walked through, here's what we're doing. Here's what we want to make sure we're respectful and just to make sure that uh, we weren't doing anything that would right. have upset anybody. Um, and I think, you know, they really appreciated the fact that the Canadian character was, again, not stereotypical. Typical, yeah. and you know, really just shone a, a great light on, on Canada. Well, and I love Duke Kaboom for a couple of things. I love the name. I think Canada does a great job of, of voicing him, but uh, he's a, a small but pivotal pivotal part of of the whole overall story. Uh, but for reasons that that aren't immediately apparent, because uh, he was uh, a, a daredevil character, but he's not a really good daredevil, and I kind of love that. 
Well, it's it's fun because that's a toy that, you know, as a kid, if you got that toy, you saw the perfect commercial where yeah. he would jump over things. And then the toy itself yeah. never stuck the land. <laughs> so he wasn't played with very, very often. He's he's not that old and scratched up because he's he's still in pretty good condition, wasn't played with. Yeah. And uh, and, and it's, it's, it's just such a great toy to have. I'm speaking with Greg Mason. He's the VP of Marketing of Walt Disney Studios Canada. We're talking about Toy Story 4. It's in theaters this weekend. And how important overall um, are the Toy Story movies? Because for Pixar, it's kind of the thing that that really launched them into the stratosphere. It, it certainly is. Um, you know, this this is the you know the Mickey Mouse of uh, of Pixar, really, and it is incredibly important. And they don't take it lightly. And so much has gone into the film. We've seen iterations over the last three and a half years of, of the film, and it keeps getting better and better. And the finished product is so strong and the level of detail uh, is certainly there. And, you know, for a lot of the people that worked on this, certainly the actors, Tom Hanks and, and uh, Tim Allen and and John Ratzenberg and a number of others, they've been doing this for 25 years. They certainly have. And they sound great. Yeah, they do. And they love these characters. And uh, they certainly warmly embraced uh, Keanu. Uh, you know, yeah. that, that kind of came out early. Um, Tim Allen kind of leaked it uh, on a late night right. show that uh, Keanu was in it. And so uh, we had to scramble to make sure we had a proper announcement for our beloved Canadian character. Keanu's... Having this crazy renaissance this year that I'm not sure that I would have predicted, but John Wick uh, 3 makes a whole lot of money. And then uh, Always Be My Maybe is a big hit on Netflix. He's the voice of of uh, some video games that are like the number one video games. Uh, Toy Story 4 is coming out. Duke Kaboom. All of a sudden, it's pretty good to be in the Keanu Reeves business. It, it certainly <laughs> is. And I would love to say, you know, we jumped late, but we actually yeah. jumped early. We were ahead of all of those. Uh, it was, it's literally to make a, uh, an animated film takes about three and a half, four years. Yeah. So we were talking a long time ago that that was it, but it's, it's perfectly timed in the zeitgeist and, uh, and he is just such a terrific guy. These movies have a way of dealing with subjects that I don't think other kids' movies go near. They are, and I don't want to say darker because I don't think that's exactly the word, but they do deal with loss and they deal with uh, some other feelings that that often other kids' movies shy away from and just try and make up for with, you know, flash and, and you know, funny characters and that kind of thing. And this movie certainly has all that, but there's something more to it. And I think that's why they've been successful. Well, they have. They do that with every character. Even our beloved dude. I would argue that there is <laughs> there's a pathos to him. There, yeah. there is something there about being Canadian. Yeah. If if you look at the the film, once you see it, you realize Duke kind of starts out. He lacks the confidence. Yeah. He kind of doesn't feel as important as some of the other toys. You know, which I think Canada on the world stage versus the U.S. and other other markets has often been there. But then builds up the confidence and has a great tagline, yes, I, Canada. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Which, you know, is so wonderful. <laughs> and to see him come so strong, especially towards the end of the film, really kind of demonstrates where Canada is now on the world stage and, and how great, great a time it is to be Canadian. I've been speaking with Greg Mason. He's the VP of Marketing for Walt Disney Studios Canada. Uh, Duke Kaboom in theaters with Toy Story 4 this weekend. When we come back, we're going to introduce you to Tony Hale, you know him from Arrested Development, of course, from Veep, seven glorious years on Veep. He's now a new character in Toy Story 4 named Forky. And uh, listen, I like this guy. You introduced me to him uh, on the, the press day. 
funny, smart. Uh, he uh, he's the real deal, and he brings something I think really interesting uh, to the the voice work that he does uh, for Forky. So we'll meet Tony Hale after this break. Stay with us. Hi, Duke. Who's the cowboy? Duke, meet Woody. Woody, meet Duke Kaboom, Canada's greatest stuntman. Huh. Oh yeah. Huh. Huh. Yes. Huh? He's posing. Duke, Duke, we need Hold to... Hold on, one more. Oh, yeah. What brings you back, people? Welcome back, everybody, to my very special look at Toy Story 4. It's in theaters everywhere on the planet this weekend. Uh, and in that last segment, we met Greg Mason. He's the vice president of marketing for Walt Disney Canada. And he told you all about a character that's making a very special appearance in Toy Story 4. That's Duke Kaboom, uh, the Canadian character voiced by Keanu Reeves. And what a year Keanu Reeves is having. Here's a guy who has John Wick 3, one of the most successful sequels of the summer in theaters right now. He's on Netflix and always be my maybe uh, playing a sort of, I guess, a heightened version of himself. He's very funny in that movie. Uh, He's the voice of a couple of video games that are doing gangbusters uh, at the video game store, and now he's a voice in Toy Story 4. He plays Duke Kaboom, the Canadian uh, daredevil toy that kind of helps move the plot along considerably. Uh, Keanu has quite a bit to say about what it was like playing Duke Kaboom, but first of all, let's find out what it was like for Keanu Reeves to be part of a Toy Story film. Being in a Toy Story film, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, again, I think I have to speak to the technical and then to the characters and then to the ambition of storytelling. Um, I think the excellence across the board that the creators and all of the, you know, both technically and in the writing, the performances, um, it's really, you know, world class and and the heart from the films the sensitivity um the inventiveness so to be able to play a character and and um be a part of that world um when i when i received the invitation i was like wow cool and then when i met everyone i was like oh okay this is why they're really great you know and then to have the chance to to have such a great character as duke kaboom um i was like wow this is it's pretty awesome. So it's a really, a really great experience. Next, Keanu was asked, who is Duke Kaboom? Duke is part of this world that we find inside an antique store. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of toys without, you know, friends, without a kid. And, um, you know, Duke's a part of that world. And, and all of a sudden, Bo Peep comes back and she's got a, a, a friend with her. Who's that cowboy? You know, and so he's introduced to Woody, and um, and at that time, they also have, um, you know, they need some help, and they're they're going to Woody. I'm sorry, they're going to uh, Duke to try and help them, and uh, Duke uh, wants to help. Now, in this clip, Keanu describes the personality of Canadian daredevil toy Duke Kaboom. I play uh, Duke Kaboom in the film and uh he's a daredevil a stunt man he's a toy that he's got his motorcycle the kaboom cycle um and he's a character you know he's very brave he's got a lot of heart um he's friends with bo peep in the world and um 
he uh, he has a sensitivity to him because he had a, you know, when he was unboxed in Christmas Boxing Day, you know, he was, you know, his his uh, his friend was Rajon, but you know, I there was a commercial that said I could, you know, jump the Grand Canyon and all of these things, and he played with a toy, and I couldn't do it. It was a commercial, Rajon, a commercial, and this is kind of his 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 wound. And through the course of the film, um, which is often the case in Toy Story, there's healing. And it's healing through the friendships, the companionships, the adventure, the task. You know, there's a lot of kind of teaching moments, but also, you know, uh, through character um, and through love, you know, that, that, that wound for Duke is, is healed, you know? So... Um, I love Duke Kaboom. In this clip, Keanu talks about another character in Toy Story 4. That's Bo Peep, voiced by Annie Potts. Bo Peep is a rocker. Uh, you know, I mean, what a spirit. You know, her kind of can-do aspect and also her wisdom. Um, and she is, that character has, you know, the juxtaposition with Woody in terms of their storylines, you know, the, the idea of having a kid or, or what is another life outside of a kid that can also be connected to kids. Um, so that relationship, the way that they kind of play on each other in this adventure um, to, to help a toy and to help a kid. Um, and then, you know, just, you know, she could drive, she can fight. You know, she's super smart. She's funny. You know, um, I think it's a it's a wonderful character, and uh, um, and it's cool to see the way Bo Peep works with everybody. The kind of cooperation, the can do, the inventiveness, the never give up kind of thing, um, and you know, being independent but also being a part of the community that is with her around her. Um, and her communication and everything. Keanu also talked about what appealed to him most about the finished film. What struck me was the animators bringing such a physicality and physical humor and timing to all of the characters. Um, you know, there's slapstick, there's comedy of circumstance. Oh no, oh my God, you know, dealing with new situations. Um, and then how the characters, you know, speak to each other is very funny. I mean, Buzz Lightyear is just a miracle, you know. Tim's performance in that is just, I mean, it's so great, you know. Da -da 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 -da, you know, the person inside me? Who? You know, I mean, like, yeah, it's just so fantastic. That's Keanu Reeves talking all about Toy Story 4. It's in theaters right now. A little bit later on, you'll meet another actor from the film, Tony Hale. You know him from Arrested Development. You know him from Veep. Uh, he plays a very important character in Toy Story 4, uh, a new character named Forky. Everyone, Bonnie made a friend in class. Oh, she's already making friends. No, no, she literally made a new friend. I want you to meet Forky. Uh, hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. He's a spork. Yes, yeah, I know. Forky is the most important toy to Bonnie right now. We all have to make sure nothing happens to him. Woody, we have a situation. Welcome back, everybody. 
We continue my look at Toy Story 4 with an interview with one of the film stars. Now, we all know Buzz and we know Woody and Bo Peep and all the other characters that appeared in the other films. This film has a couple of new characters. We told you all about Duke Kaboom, voiced by Keanu Reeves. Then there's Forky. Forky is a character who's made from an old plastic spoon, some pipe cleaners, uh, but he becomes very near and dear to the little girl's heart who made him. And when he goes missing, it sets the action off in this film. He's voiced by Tony Hale, and it's an interesting match of character to actor on television. Tony Hale has played characters like Buster Bluth on Arrested Development. He was on Veep, and he always plays these slightly uh, tightly wound characters who always seem to be in the middle of some kind of existential crisis. Well, it's no different here in Toy Story 4. What he's playing is a character who doesn't quite understand his purpose in life, and he's trying to figure out why he's here and what he should be doing while he's here. I had a blast talking with Tony Hale. Here's the interview. Everyone, Bonnie made a friend in class. Oh, she's already making friends. No, no, she literally made a new friend. I want you to meet Forky. Uh, hi. Hello. Hi. Ah. <gasps> He's a spook. Yes, yeah, I know. Congratulations on the film. Thank you very much. This has been quite an emotional roller coaster. Well, we're, we're going to talk about the character because <laughs> he's new. So I think mm -hmm. we should tell people what they need to know about Forky. Sure. So Forky was made by Bonnie, the little girl in her kindergarten class, because she was making a craft and it was the first homemade toy and mm -hmm. he comes to life. And he does not understand why Woody keeps calling him a toy. His main goal in life is he helps people eat chili and then he goes to the trash. That's set. Um, but then he just, he, because he has to go on this journey, everything is new to him. He just has fresh eyes and kind of a childlike wonder to him and just joins this this pack of misfits. Well, he refers to himself, or he says trash, trash, yeah. all the way through. What kind of message is this for kids? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm crazy about this this message because, I mean, on a meta level, yeah. he sees himself as going that one route for trash. Or And I think of, you know, not to sound too over meta about it but it's like if anyone sees that as their only route or someone treats them that mm -hmm. way you know Woody comes along and says you have a greater value you have greater purpose and I would I would I love to tell that to anybody to say you, your purpose is much bigger than you might see yourself why do you think it is that these Toy Story films are able to explore kind of more grown-up yeah. uh, emotions. There's unrequited love in here. Yes, there is yes. a sense of loss. There's all that stuff. There's your existential crisis yeah. as, as Forky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how, how is it? Is it because they are toys and puppets that they're able to explore things that if they were real-life characters, it might be yeah. too much for kids? Well, yeah. I mean, I think if they filmed me, who just being as overwhelmed as Forky, because I am as overwhelmed as Forky right now, and I'm questioning how I got here as much as he is, it, there's something when it comes from a spork. It's a little more digestible, and it's so fun. But I think, I think one of the things why they're so attractive is you see these gang of characters who are all very, very, very different, very mm -hmm. different. But they're for each other, right. and they have each other's back. And Woody is always like, come on, guys, and they're sticking them together. And that's the way I think life should be, like really being for each other the way they are. Well, you mentioned 
Woody's all about building the team. So yeah. Tom Hanks says that he and Woody share the, the trait of being team players. Tim yeah. Allen says that he and Buzz Lightyear accept who they are, that they are authentic in that yes, way. Yes, Do you share any traits with Forky? Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding? <laughs> Forky and I are one and the same. <laughs> Um, yeah, especially now in this movie because, I mean, they described him as kind of having a neurotic energy. Mm. I totally have that. <laughs> Questioning a lot. I'm always making – I'm always asking questions. Gullible. But just like he I, – I feel – I mean, he's along such icons as Woody and Buzz. I cannot believe I'm here with like Tom Hanks and Tim Allen and Keanu Reeves who plays Duke yeah. Kaboom who's so hilarious. I'm, I feel very much related to Forky of just like I don't – it's, him and I both have that imposter theory where we feel like someone has made a mistake and they're going to pull us out. You know what? It, Guillermo del, me, del Toro told me once that every day he steps on a set, he thinks it's going to be his last day. That someone's going to yes. go, you know what, man, thanks for yeah. coming out. But, <laughs> but we but, made a mistake. Yeah, we made a mistake. My wife actually worked on SNL uh, for a long time. And she said every single actor that came on SNL had that imposter theory. And it's like something in us just thinks we're, they're going to find out we're not supposed to be here. Is it? Do you think that it's that you're naturally funny or you have a, a way about you so you don't value it as much because it's something that, that you can do without maybe as much thought as doing Shakespeare yeah. or something? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think it's like, I think about the characters I've done like Gary or Buster or this. It definitely comes from, I mean, I've struggled. It definitely comes from like your own neurosis and kind of dealing with life and nerves and all that kind of stuff. And But also what might have been difficult growing up or something, you kind of turn into comedy and mm-hmm. it kind of becomes more of an authentic place to use, I guess. The last day of taping the voices for this Mm -hmm. uh you were posting photographs of this tell me about this is a 25 year journey for for some of these people right uh and and it must have been i heard tom hanks had to turn his back to say his final lines of this tell me about being in that room um i was still uh having the imposter theory like, <laughs> that they're going to go, yeah, this was a mistake. Let's, but let's bring Jack Black in. <laughs> um, but I, uh, it's, it's one of those things like they're so, and I'm sure you've heard this before, but they're just so kind. Mm. And they, one thing that they did at Pixar, which was very unique from typical doing animation, typically in animation, you're kind of set apart yeah. and you're in your own little booth. Pixar keeps you in the same room as the directors and the producers and the writers. So they, be, it's a very collaborative effort. And so, you really felt the warmth that Pixar created. So it was, the whole time, it was just very, very special. That was Tony Hale. He plays Forky in the new film Toy Story 4. You know, at the end of Toy Story 3, it seemed like that was probably the end of the line for Woody, Buzz Lightyear, and all the rest of the toys. Andy, the young boy who would looked after them and cared for them just as much as they cared for him uh, for their entire lives, had put away childish things and gone to college. So that seemed like maybe that was going to be the end of that. But no, they were all inherited by a new family and a, a young girl named Bonnie. Uh, Bonnie, though, doesn't have quite the same attachment to the toys that Andy had. Uh, and in fact, in kindergarten, just takes an old spoon and some uh pipe cleaners and a couple of other little bits and pieces she finds in the trash and makes her own toy, a toy called Forky, voiced by Tony Hale. And we'll find all about Forky in just a few minutes. She loves Forky. And when Forky goes missing, well, that sends them off on an adventure when all the other toys kind of come together to find out 
where Forky is, and then I think find out a little bit about themselves. And, you know, these movies, these Toy Story movies, do something that is, I think, kind of unique in terms of the way that people look at the storylines that you can do in children's films. Uh, a lot of children's films are very content just to have lots of loud colors and sounds and, and funny characters uh, populating the screen just to keep kids occupied. If you show them enough flash and trash, they'll be entertained. Well, Pixar does it just a little bit differently. These characters, and keep in mind, people have been watching these characters for about 25 years. These characters are all unique. They are all individual. They all have a lesson to teach. But also, these movies delve into topics that a lot of other kids' movies just simply won't go near unrequited love and yeah dolls can fall in love uh there's loss there is you know this sense of of terror when things don't go right um these movies really can't be described as dark i don't think but they certainly uh do mine uh, an undertone of emotion that a lot of other kid movies just simply don't do now i don't think that the the new film, Toy Story 4, uh, will be considered a classic in the same way that the original Toy Story was. But, you know, for a new generation, who knows? Maybe that will be their Toy Story. For me, though, the first one is the one. Uh, all the other ones after that, I think, have been very good. And Toy Story 4 is very good. Uh, it's got good lessons for kids. Uh, it, it teaches entertains and informs, but never does so at the expense of character or story. And I think that's what makes uh, these movies as good as they are. Um, I give Toy Story like four out of five stars. For me, uh, it's a movie you can take the family to. uh, And I think adults who have been watching Woody and Buzz Lightyear and all those other characters for 25 years might even get a little tear in their eye near the end of this film because, and this isn't a spoiler, uh, it looks like this is probably the conclusion of the Toy Story franchise. When we come back, we'll meet Ben Sue. He's one of the Canadian animators who helped create the all-Canadian daredevil in Toy Story 4, Duke Kaboom. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richard Krauss. Now, you have heard me talk a lot about Toy Story 4 uh, today. We've uh, interviewed Tony Hale, who plays Forky. We heard from Keanu Reeves, uh, who plays Duke Kaboom. And we've got a really special guest now, Duke Kaboom as you may recall from earlier segments here, is the Canadian Daredevil toy character uh, from the new Toy Story film. And there's a really interesting backstory on all of this. And one of the things that I loved that I found out about this character is that all the animators who worked on it, all the people at Pixar who touched Duke Kaboom were Canadian, including uh, my guest, Ben Sue, one of the animators uh, from uh, Pixar. Uh, originally, uh, you were from Canada. You grew up in Canada, born in, in Taiwan, but you grew up in Canada. You went yeah. to Sheridan. And, uh, and how does it feel to now have created or helped create a new Canadian icon? Oh, <laughs> it's uh, very flattering. Um, <laughs> it's a very humbling experience. Um, yeah, um, I grew up in, in Taiwan, as you said, but mm-hmm. uh, I moved to Regina, Saskatchewan uh, at the age of 10 and uh, ended up going to an arts high school in Ottawa and uh, went to Sheridan College, which is uh, a very good animation school in Oakville in Ontario. And uh, yeah, I've sort of moved, I worked in Canada for quite a few years in various animation studios and ended up working at Pixar. 
And and we'll talk about sort of the the, the path to Pixar here. But why was it important uh, for everyone that worked on Duke Kaboom to be Canadian? I mean, we wouldn't have known the difference. <laughs> <laughs> I think as soon as we found out uh, Tukubun was Canadian and that Keanu Reeves was doing the voice, mm-hmm. every Canadian animator here put in a request to, to animate him. <laughs> because I don't think there's ever been a uh, another uh, Canadian character in a Pixar movie. And I think that that was very important that all the Canadians wanted to... Uh, sort of put their their touch on that character and their influences on it. Apparently, there's a map of Canada in Inside Out, another Pixar film. There, you oh, see a there map a of Canada? Canada somewhere, but that's that's as close as we get to a yeah. to an actual character. And so, at what point do you join in uh, to the process of of bringing Duke Kaboom to life? So yeah, uh, so the process of how a character is created, um, you have the character designers who who draws uh, in two D and, and and draws on paper and creates a design of Duke Kaboom, and then once that, once that's approved, uh, we have a three D modeler who, who models it into a three D form into the computer. And then once that's done, you have the riggers who sort of puts in a set of skeleton into the into the model, and then they pass it on to us, the animators, so that we can create uh, the performance for the characters. Animators are essentially actors uh, right. at the studio, so we do we create the expressions, the lip sync, and their emotions, and we try to make the, the characters believable and relatable, so that the audience would sympathize with them. And we do it uh, one frame at a time, <laughs> and- twenty-four frames a second. So, you know, all that work that you see, a lot of times if you blink, that's like a week of our work. We do about four to five seconds a week. Wow. And yeah, and so time. how long, I mean, how long were you on Duke Kaboom? Just give me an idea. Uh, I was on him probably for a month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, it, it, it is astounding. It's astounding the amount of painstaking work <laughs> that goes into this and that it all works on the other end. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, these movies take about five years to do, and there's over 500 artists working on it. And uh, yeah, it's definitely a lot of uh, blood and sweat. And this might seem like a silly question, but mm-hmm. how do you maintain your real enthusiasm when the, the work goes so slowly? Um, how does it stay fun and entertaining for you to create this character when you're literally making you know a blink of an eye every uh, worth of film uh, every week? Well... What was really fun with Duke Kaboom is I've never animated a toy quite like him. He, like you said, he's a stuntman. And actually, Keanu Reeves came up with this idea of do, always doing these crazy posing, right? Right. Um, <laughs> so what? let me sort of give you the process of how an animator sure. usually would work. Uh, once we get the script and the kickoff from the director, uh, we would actually go into a recording room with a camera set up, and I would actually try to act out the scenes in front of the camera. Then I would use that reference and and try to sort of copy my, my movements to the characters. Mm-hmm. So we do Kaboom. He's doing these, you know, acrobatic poses, and I'm, I'm really unflexible person, so I, I would never even attempt to do something like that. Um, so what I ended up doing is I did a lot of research, and I literally Googled impossible uh, yoga poses. <laughs> and that was a lot of fun to try to, to, to you know, do the acrobatic poses and, and apply, and I actually ended up doing two or three different um, yoga poses into his posing. I think there one was called the Cobra. Right. Uh, there's, there's quite a few and, uh, 
Yeah, so I, to me, that was the most exciting thing, to be able to, to create these really interesting poses and also to, to animate him like a two-pound toy and to have him... Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of that, a lot of that comes from the spacing and the timing between pose to pose. So the faster he moves from pose to pose, the lighter he would feel, the more he would feel like a toy. Right, right. Uh, I'm speaking with Ben Sue. He was one of the Canadian animators on Duke Kaboom, the first Canadian character in a Pixar film. You see him in Toy Story 4. And we're just talking about the, the painstaking process here. But, you know, it must have been kind of mind-blowing for you because from what I've read, here, uh, Toy Story, the original film, was the movie that made you fall in love with animation. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what grade I was in now, but uh, <laughs> I just remember my parents taking me to see that movie and it just completely blew my mind and instantly wanting a toy, a, uh, a buzz toy mm-hmm. um, for that Christmas. Um, but yeah, that, that movie, and then coincidentally, when I first started at Pixar, the first movie I worked on was Toy Story 3. So for me, it was already kind yeah. of a full circle um, getting a job here and working to be able to work on that movie. And yeah. then yeah. you've been there since two, uh, 2009. 2009. 2009. Yeah. And, and, you know, for me, I, I've visited the, the Pixar campus. I've been to Pixar once. And, and, you know, I'll tell you, it's very exciting to be there because it feels like interesting things are happening all over the place. It feels like something really creative is happening there. It is. Um, they definitely um, keep things interesting. Like, mm-hmm. for example, um, when I think when Up was going on, we had llamas come in <laughs> um, so that, that the animators can study the llamas and for, for Kevin the bird right. and for Up. Um, for We're always doing field trips for... For cars too, we got to actually be in a in a racing car with a professional driver just to see what it feels like to wow. be in in a, in a scene like that. And we try to convey those experiences into our animation. Uh, for the good dinosaur, we went to visit the Oakland Zoo, and we actually got to be right next to the elephant just to study, <laughs> you know, their weight with the way they walk. Right, and something just, that big, yeah, 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 and just and just try to apply that to the weight of um, the dinosaurs in the movie. Yeah, so it's definitely very creative and it's very inspiring also just to be, you know, working with some of the most amazing, talented artists around the world. Animation is a very collaborative medium, so you're constantly working with people from different uh, departments and... uh, and it's really nice to be able to share your creative ideas with others that also share the same passions as you. And to be part of this big team. And it's funny, I've got a quote here from you where you said uh, that animation is a small industry. We're really close. Is that still the case? Because this is from a couple of years ago, I think. At oh, least. <laughs> it is still very much the case. I have I actually worked with quite a few of my uh, classmates from Sheridan here as well. Um, yeah, it is a very indus- small industry. Um, and pretty much every major studio that uh, that's out there, you have friends, classmates, or colleagues that you've worked with um, at some point. And yeah, you're always crossing paths with many of them, which is which is pretty awesome. How did your parents feel when you came home and said, "I'm going to be an animator"? Because it's not uh, a, a typical life choice, right? There's yeah. uh, I don't know that many people that make a living from it. Were they very supportive? 
No, they were not. <laughs> they were very shocked. Um, so my my dad was a, a president at a bank, and my mom was an accountant. Right. Um, so they were constantly pushing me to, in, towards uh, business. And uh, when I graduated from high school, I applied to seven universities and one college. Um, all seven universities were for economics and business. And accounting, and then Sheridan was the only uh, art school I applied to. So they definitely sort of had me cornered in that direction. Right. Um, but also at the same time, I didn't think my work was good enough to get into an animation school such as Sheridan. Um, but uh, yeah, I, <laughs> my first letter that I got was actually from University of Toronto for an amazing uh, economics program that was also very hard to get in. And my, my, I remember my dad was all, all right, we're, we're going to get an apartment down there, we'll get you all set up. <laughs> and then a week later, I get a letter from Sheridan saying that I got accepted. And I had to do, I, I kid you not, I had to do a, a, a slideshow um, to sort of present to them that you can actually make a living doing this. Right. I had to like download salaries <laughs> from the internet of like, various Disney animators being like, look, you can make money doing this. They obviously still didn't believe me. Um, and they eventually this, they said, okay, try it for one year. And if, you, if you're not top of the class, you got to quit and go back to business. Um, but I think at the end of that year, they, they could see my passion for it. And they, yeah, and uh, just sort of kept at it. Well, now I'm, now I'm, they've accepted it since they've, they've been to Pixar. They visited it. And they saw the cereal bar. As soon as he saw the cereal right. bar, they, they're like, I think he's good. He gets free cereal. <laughs> <laughs> ben, thanks so much for spending a few minutes talking about uh, Duke Kaboom and Toy Story for us. What a pleasure. No problem. Thank you very much. Uh, that is it. That's a wrap for my look at Toy Story 4. Uh, it opens this weekend in theaters. You heard my review already. Uh, listen, this is a movie I think the entire family will enjoy. And the thing that I love about the Toy Story movies, and I think Pixar in general, is that the visuals are beautiful, the stories are great, but they put character and story above everything else. So you go there and you know that you're going to walk away thinking about uh, the themes and uh, what's just happened on the screen in front of you. Great stuff. Toy Story 4. Go see it this weekend. Uh, my thanks to Andre and Joey on the board. Most of all, though, my thanks to you for listening. We'll talk again next week.